Hey guys, just wanted to let you know that the episode you're listening to was originally a Facebook Live video that I've repurposed into an episode. So if I'm ever referencing something um, visually that you can see, keep that in mind when you're listening. So thanks for listening. Hey Nick. Yes? Do you like <laughs> horror movies? Oh, you know I do. Do you like weird, extreme, taboo, and cult horror movies? Of course, they're my favorite kind. Well, I've got some news for you, because MVD Entertainment Group and the popular Rue Morgue magazine have teamed up to launch the Midnight Movie Society. What? Yeah. They are a curated subscription video on demand service specializing in extreme underground, taboo, and cult horror movies. Now... Genre fans can gain access to a film library of shocking underground, outrageous gore, creature features, cult classics, and much more. Those with a taste for the weirdest and wildest reaches of genre cinema will not be disappointed. The bigger platforms are catering to the masses and have gone puritanical in many cases, making it very difficult for filmmakers to reach their audiences, says Ed Seaman, COO of MVD Entertainment Group. MVD has a great deal of this type of content, and when it is live on major platforms, it performs really well. Maybe too well for some of the mainstream platforms. The Midnight Movie Society will also cater to more traditional horror fare as well, pulling from the thousands of film hours from in MVD's vast catalog. In addition, Rumord will also be finding and curating fresh and unusual content for the service. Adriana Gober, director of programming, says as larger streaming platforms continue to crack down on content, there's an urgent need to create a space for boundary-pushing films unencumbered by strangling content restrictions. That I don't know why that word was so hard for me to say. <laughs> strangling. Strangling, especially given the content. As a lifelong horror fan, I'm proud and excited to be working with MVD Entertainment Group and Genre Champions Rumord Magazine to bring Midnight Movie Society to the masses. Rumord Magazine is a name that everyone can trust. It's actually a horror magazine I used to buy back in the day, and they're Canadian, so you know they're extra fucking weird. And nice. Yeah, and nice. Best of all, Midnight Movie Society is supplying all of our amazing listeners with an opportunity to get on board and try the service out for themselves. If you go to www midnightmoviesociety.com you can save 33% off your first three months of Midnight Movie Society by using the promo code SHAMELIST SHAMELIST! SHAMELIST! Own promo code! Yes, you heard me, you will save a whopping 33% on your first three months. That's just insanity to me. So, once again, go to www.midnightmoviesociety.com and use the promo code SHAMELIST S-H-A-M-E-L-I-S-T Shameless. No spaces. No spaces. All one word. Shameless. It's like you're yelling it at someone. Yell it at the promo code, but also make sure you type it in. Today's episode of the Shameless Picture Show is sponsored by Mill Creek Entertainment. Mill Creek is the industry leader when it comes to value-priced DVD and Blu-ray features and compilations. They have one of the largest catalogs out there, ranging from kids programming, classic films and television, independent cinema, documentary, and Latino cinema. Hell, they even produce their own content in-house. Mill Creek is a trusted partner with some of our favorite studios, including Sony Pictures, Walt Disney Entertainment, Warner Brothers, CBS Home Entertainment, and many more. And the best part about Mill Creek is how easy they are to find. Mill Creek has deals with thousands of big box stores, grocery stores, drug stores, and practically any other retailer you can imagine. Trust me when I say I've owned plenty throughout my time as a collector without even realizing it. They're a name I can trust. Some of my favorite releases include Can't Hardly Wait, Night of the Living Dead, House on Haunted Hill from their Vincent Price collection, the complete series of Quantum Leap, the complete series of The Secret World of Alex Mack, and of course, you're the hunter from the future. Head over to www.milkcreekent.com. That's milkcreekent.com and see what their collection has to offer. I guarantee you'll find something great. Podcast 
podcast actually discusses movies. Be aware that it may discuss any of the following elements. Endings, surprise twists, unexpected cameos, and all manner of spoilers. If this doesn't appeal to you, why listen to a movie podcast? Without further ado, please enjoy our feature presentation, The Shameless Picture Show. Hello and welcome to another quarantine update or quarantine bonus episode or whatever the hell you want to call this of the Shameless Picture Show. I am Michael Byers and once again I'm doing this alone but uh, uh, it's easier this way until me and Nick really find out the best way to go about this. Um, it, this just works. Um, we're hoping to uh, get both of us in on here again where i'm hoping that we can, if we can figure out how to do all this by the time our next episode airs that could be a big one because uh we want to do for our next episode um technically this coming episode is edge of the axe a movie a slasher film that i recorded ages ago with uh nico aldrich a friend of mine from film school and then after that we've got alien because Nick had never seen Alien, and it was time to right that wrong. And then the episode that we want to do live is potentially a controversial one, because it's one of Nick's favorite movies, and it's one that I don't think I've ever seen all the way through. I've seen bits and pieces of it, and I know it very well. I, I know the story of it very well, but I don't think I've ever watched all the way through, is we're finally, finally going to tackle Ghostbusters. So, And um, the plan is to watch just Ghostbusters, just the original Bill Murray, uh, Dan Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson, Harold Ramis classic Ghostbusters. Nick's going to go a little little above and beyond. He's going to watch Ghostbusters 2, and then he's going to watch Ghostbusters, um, the newest one. Uh, I know it has a subtitle. I don't remember what it's called. I want to do that. We're going to see if I can make that happen. Uh, We're hopefully going to do a a large Ghostbusters extravaganza. Or you could accept the fact that this city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportion. What do you mean, biblical? What he means is Old Testament, Mr. Mayor. Real wrath of God type stuff. Fire and brimstone coming down from the skies. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes. The dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Enough, I get the point. Um, but... Yeah, how have you guys all been doing? No one's no one's tuning in yet, but it's a, a Thursday at two o'clock. It's it's been going pretty good for me. I've been watching obviously a lot of stuff. Um, I've been getting through almost like two movies a day, which is a lot for me. Um, I've been playing video games. I've been trying to stay productive. Quarantine hairs. It's bugging me. So I'm wearing my stylish Mondalucha hats. Big thanks to a uh, friend of the show, Jay Gilke, for uh, making these available. And I uh, I bought one a couple Mondalucha shows ago. Um, but you know, it's been going pretty good. Uh, we've had a house guest staying with us. My, my wife's best friend, Emma, is hanging out with us. Um, she lived on her own in Florida and was kind of going stir crazy and she wanted to come, she was going to come visit us anyways. Her flight was originally canceled, but she thought, well, why not? We'll just all quarantine together. So she's hanging out with us. So we've been playing a lot of video games, trying to stay sane. I've been cooking a lot more, which is cool. Been experimenting. I made pizza, but like homemade pizza. I made pizza dough. I've never made pizza dough and it turned out pretty fucking good. Uh, I need, there's some things I need to do to it, but it's coming along. I'm pretty happy with that. My my diet's been pretty good. Um, I've been eating more whole foods, uh, uh, foods that are good for me. Less meats. I, you know, I, I'm not I'm not going vegetarian necessarily, but I want to cut back on how many meats I am actually consuming. So I um um so like I think I treated myself yesterday to some pepperoni, but for the most part. Uh, we've been trying to experiment with meat-free meals, and it's I, I, I've been pretty stoked with it. I think it's been going very well. Um, also learning stuff, which is always good. I'm uh, I'm a home theater guy, but I'm completely self-taught. I, I've had no one who's helped me through this process, um, and very few people who are as passionate about it as I want to be. Uh, I learned some new stuff recently about ProLogic 2 and um, 
Dolby uh, 2.0 Dolby surround formats, which I didn't know a whole lot about beforehand, and how to properly set up my receiver. So nerdy stuff, but it's 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 almost it's funny. I I I rewatched parts of the movie Blowout the other day, one of my favorite movies. And I always, because being untrained and unknowing, hey, there's a cat in the frame. Uh, being untrained and unknowing, I always saw it was I always saw it was a film that was just in stereo left and right. That's it. But I always saw in the back of the box it said 2.0 surround. I'm like, what the fuck is that? I didn't realize that you know there was essentially extra channels of audio folded into that 2.0 mix. Um, and by you by setting up your receiver properly, it actually adds a rear channel to the mix, and it it was like watching the movie the first for the first time. I've also feel like use uh, changing the sound field on my receiver has just made everything sound better. So, you know, you you always learn. I'm the first to admit when I don't know something, and I try to do as much reading as I can. Big credit to um um I I I wouldn't necessarily call him a friend because I don't know him that well. But he was a big help throughout this. Vincent Pereira, a filmmaker, who I first became on the radar to, radar with is because of um, Kevin Smith. He is the historian of the View Askew universe. Uh, him and a friend of his, Stephen Bjork, they helped me out quite a bit. So they were answering all my questions and weren't making me feel stupid. So, yeah. But uh, since no one's really dropped into the chat yet and I don't have any questions or anything... I might as well just get on with the topic at hand. So today I will be discussing a couple titles from my my good friends over at Mill Creek, and I want to preface this by saying that um, I'm always we- very weary of my reputation as a film fan because I am a very forgiving person. I enjoy a lot of what I see. I'm not a very hate-filled person. Uh, but then I also get worried that people are going to think that I am incapable of giving bad reviews. So, if that is what you think, today's episode is for you. Because I am not incapable of giving bad reviews. I am just an overly positive person. But unfortunately, um, what the stuff I'm going to be reviewing today is not some of the best. Um, and, you know, it's no, fa- it's no fault of really anyone. Uh... It's always sometimes the first time I ever had to give a bad review to about one of the titles that I got from one of my sponsors felt very weird because I felt like I was attacking them, but I'm not attacking them because there's there's definitely an audience for a lot of what I'm gonna be showing. So, so I will be reviewing a title, a couple titles from Mill Creek today. It's a collection. I will be reviewing the Outlaws and Conmen Four movie collection. Made equally confusing because it says Outlaws and Conmen right on the box but if you put the dvd in it actually says django and the con men or some shit like that so i don't know what the original title is supposed to be the 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 actual cover work artwork is pretty cool because it's it's amalgamation of multiple different posters and scenes from the movies obviously lee van cleef over here and james mason are the biggest but you know so I guess I'll talk about these in order. So first of all, like I said, it's that was in Conman. It's a DVD and a digital copy. The digital copy is through Spree. I've not checked the quality on Spree yet, so I don't know if it's an exact carbon copy of what I've been given here on disc or what. I'd hope it's at least a little bit higher quality. Um, I'm just going to throw it out there. Now, please, if you are a DVD distribution label, please don't put four movies on one disc. It's just compression galore so i'm hoping that maybe spree will have a slightly higher quality i will check that and give an update later on Uh, back of the box says you can lie steal cheat or carry a big iron it features uh jack these movies like the collection itself features jack palance james mason lee van cleef fernando sancho lionel stander plus music from de angelis who apparently uh, supplied, uh, well, their needle drops, but supplied some music for Death Proof. So we'll talk about them in order. Um, first movie is Django Shoots First, a.k.a. He Who Shoots First, starring Glenn Saxon, Fernando Sancho, and Evelyn Stewart. Django, played by Saxon, recovers his father's dead body from a bounty hunter, whom he has dispatched, and instead of burying him, decides to collect the reward himself. On his arrival in town, however, he learns that his father wasn't a criminal, but a businessman, framed by his former partner, compelling him to stay and avenge his father and try to claim his rightful inheritance. The movie is not rated. 
Um, it claims to be anamorphic widescreen at 1781, but I can tell this movie is cropped down. But, so first one, Django shoots first. This was one of the earliest Django ripoff films. Um, it was made as a way for... Well, so there was originally a, a, a first film called Django that um, I'm trying to remember when it first came out. Uh, I want to say it was 1966. Uh, so 1966, I was right. Uh, directed by Sergio Corbucci. Um, big hit of a film in Italy. Um, and they wanted to capitalize off of it. Hey, Amanda just joined in. Hey, Amanda. Uh, they wanted to capitalize off of the Django franchise. And this movie only came out six months after the original Django. Uh, so popular theory is that um, they made a different film. It was probably originally titled He Who Shoots First. Uh, and they retitled it to Django. Because the, the Django aspect of this film is very light. Um Pardon me. Um, it's very light. Um, actually, and they use the name interchangeably. They sometimes call the character Glenn, and sometimes they call him Django. Um, you get the intention that they were hoping that it would come off as Django is like a nickname. Um, but I think it's kind of an oversight. Something that they, it's very easy to fix in dubbing. So uh, for those of you who don't know, most Italian cinema... Uh, almost all Italian cinema at this time was not shot sync sound, so they didn't, they weren't recording the onset sound. Uh, and a big part of the reason why is because they'd have actors from different nationalities all in the film together, and instead of having to choose one language, you spoke whatever you were most comfortable with. So you'd have scenes like Clint Eastwood tell stories about shooting the, it's the good, the bad, and the ugly, and he'd be shooting a scene with a character playing a priest, and the priest spoke no English. They just knew that when someone stopped talking, the other person should start talking, and they did their lines that way, and then it was to be redubbed later on in English to sell for an English market. So He Who Shoots First, or Django Who Shoots First, um, came out, and I don't know how it did, um, but I can tell you that I think this movie had a phenomenal setup that was not really used to its to its full extent. So like I said, the you have the the lead character played by Glenn Saxon, whose name in the movie is Glenn Garvin. He meets a bounty hunter named Ringo, who um and Ringo's in a fucking great mood because he just he he just caught a bounty and he's like oh yeah i'm taking him to town silver city or some shit like that and it was like hey if you're ever down there come hang out i'll buy you a drink and i always buy everyone a drink right after i've taken my bounty in and Django is you know listening to him is being hospitable let him come and you know hang out by the fire goes and checks the body and he's like who is this guy and he said why do you know him he's like yeah he's my dad Fucking shootout happens. Django pop, 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 just fucking blows him away. And decides he's going to go turn his father in. And that's some cold-blooded shit right there. Takes him to Silver City. Um, collects the reward. And everyone's like, wait, you're his, you're his son? And he's like, yeah, why? He's been gone for 10 years. I don't fucking give a shit. And they're like, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, then you better, you, you, you take your money and leave. And the sheriff's being very cagey about it. The guy who owns the bank is being very cagey about it. But there's a town drunk who's like, hey... You know half of this town is yours, right? And Django's like, whatever. The guy's a drunk. And he's like, let's go get a drink. Have this bar is yours. And he keeps filling his head full of this shit and tells him pretty much that, hey, your dad was actually a successful businessman. He owned half of this town. And him being dead means you're the rightful heir. And uh, there are some, uh, you know, the, the businessmen and everything. The guys who framed his father want Django gone and it becomes this kind of power struggle and I think it had a phenomenal setup um it but it then just kind of went into typical western territory which is not necessarily a bad thing it's just it was very uninteresting for me like let me review some of the notes I wrote um like I said it had a really cool unique setup but I had no idea what to do with it uh I also didn't love Glenn Saxon he just um he 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 smoldered. I wrote my notes that he smoldered in every scene he was in, but then as soon as he opened his mouth, he was just very dull. And I feel like westerns are one genre where you don't want to have a 
doll leading man because this is the hero this is the guy that you you want to see you know rooting tooting and shooting people and shit um but to be fair some of that could have been dubbing i don't know maybe he's a really phenomenal actor and the dubbing was poor that's also another hard thing is you don't know who's dubbing you um i feel like i've seen christopher lee in a spanish film that didn't even have christopher lee dub himself uh there's a couple twists and turns um that i didn't quite anticipate um some interesting stuff with the head banker and his wife and her two-timing everyone but ultimately it was the film was okay it was nothing special but um you know the the Django ripoff films none of them are truly great none of them truly in my opinion none of them I haven't seen all of them yet though none of them truly live up to the success of Corbucci's original film but this one was okay this for a Saturday evening um Whenever I watched it, this was not a bad way to spend my day. And it also featured a pretty decent soundtrack by famed composer Bruno Nicolai, uh, which is always cool whenever... I love these Italian films, mainly even when they're terrible. I love them because of a lot of times their their scores are pretty fucking great. So, uh, Django shoots first. Unletterboxed, I gave two and a half stars, which for my rating is just okay. But I liked it far more than the next film on this list. This next film on this list is a movie called Django's Cut Price Corpses. A.K.A. A Pistol for Django. Both are phenomenal titles. It stars Jeff Cameron, John Desmond, and Esmeralda Barros. Back of the box says the Cortez brothers rob a bank and flee beyond the Mexican border on their trail are various people, each for a different reason. Sheriff Fulton is sent by the robbed bank to recuperate the money. Django, a headhunter, is after them for the reward money. Pickwick is after a saddle stolen from him by the Cortez brothers. Pedro and Dolores, saloon owners, also would like to have the loot. Young that you are, I told you to be careful how you try that Django's Love Django kills. For revenge, Django orders four coffins. Come on, Father, out. The ways of God are inscrutable. Fiat voluntate. Ambushes, chases, holdups threaten Django's every movement. But Django goes straight to his mark in spite of danger. Django's cut price corpses. Out of my way, small fry. Why did you leave me, Pedro Mir? Stop! Django's Cut Price Corpses, an action picture which exalts the psychology of a man. Django. If you haven't cheated, the man's lost. But if you cheated me, you're going to die. Who is he stranger looking for a carpenter? Can you make coffins? Well, everybody knows it's a good way to make money around here. Make me up four coffins and pronto. Floro. How big do you want them, and when should they be ready soon? With Jeff Cameron, John Desmond, Esmeralda Barros, Edilio Kim, Jenger Gatti, Dominique Badu. A thrilling tale of the borderland between the United States and old Mexico in the mid-19th century, when the struggle between the Emperor Maximilian and the revolutionary Diaz created a tense, burning atmosphere. Django's Cut Price Corpses is a film that will keep you breathless from beginning to end. Django's Cut Price Corpses, directed by Paolo Solvay. This is a goofy film. Um, because... One, it starts off 
very disorienting. The entire film is rather disorienting. Uh, it starts off rather crazy. It starts off with, I want to say the first 10 to 15 minutes is nothing but gunfights and shootouts and bar fights, which is cool, but... Oops, sorry, my nose ring's messed up. Which is cool, but I, I, I generally don't care about anything that's going on. The movie just begins harshly. Um, no lead-in, no music, nothing. Like, at least, I didn't, I forgot to mention it, but Django's Cut Price Corpses, not Cut Price, sorry, Django Shoots First had at least a cool opening theme song called Desperado, which I will uh, end the episode with on the on the audio version. Des- but uh, uh, this, had, this had none of that. It also felt very poorly shot. Uh, it's hard to get your bearings of what's going on, who's who, uh, and why we should literally care about anyone. Uh, I don't know what's going on, who any of the people are. Everyone's got a side story and has a goal. The dubbing is atrocious in this film. It's an uninteresting lead. I, I truly did not like the lead character in this movie. He f- kind of felt like he was trying to do a Bronson-type thing, just very unsuccessfully, and had a confusing story. But for me, the, the I'm reading off my letterbox review right now. John Desmond, who plays Pickwick, is the most unintentionally hilarious character. Uh, he's a brute uh, and he's searching for his grandfather's saddle. And when you first meet him, he's just in a fucking epic bar fight and just beating the shit out of people, throwing everyone out windows. It felt like a Lloyd Kaufman movie for that reason. Um, and he's trying to get this saddle back to the Cortez brothers stole from him. But the funny thing is he doesn't like horses. Or at least that's... He says at one point in the movie that he doesn't quite like horses. So he wants a saddle back because his, fa- his grandfather gave it to him. Um, and so then he kind of joins forces with Django, who's going to get the Cortez brothers. But where the movie gets t- truly strange is one of the Cortez brothers you meet in the movie is very obviously, very clearly a female character. And at first, there no one's commenting on it. They're like, oh, come here, young man or little boy or whatever the fuck they call her. And I was like, maybe they're just, you know, low on, <laughs> low on actors. So they just cast this woman, this very shapely woman who has got a perfect hourglass figure to play a young boy because they're not co- commenting on it. And it's it's very clearly dubbed by a female too. And I said, well, this is weird. But And then it turns out later on in the movie, they remove her hat, remove her bandana and her hair comes down. And they're like, oh, you've been a woman this entire time. And it's like, holy shit, this is a plot point. They meant for this to be a plot point. And it... It was so goofy. Um, there's there's a sheriff who's two-timing people in this movie. Uh, spoiler for anyone who actually wants to sit back and watch Django's cut price corpses. You find out in the very... So he when he finally gets to the Cortez brothers' hideout, there's a woman that they kidnapped when they were robbing their last bank. And um, when Django is there trying to... Um, stop the Cortez brothers, this woman's helping them. She's helping them escape, but her and Jing will never really have a moment together to talk or anything. You just assume that she's just helping them. And then there's a very uncla- un, un, kind of gross, slight rape scene with that woman. It never gets there, but it's it's hinting towards it. Jingle saves them. And then the la- very last thing you find out, it's like, oh yeah, this is my fiance. What? You just, you've had this revenge thing going through the entire movie we didn't know about it and here you are you slept with another person's wife earlier in the film and then you almost you you took your sweet time to save your own wife from getting it like what oh Django's cut price corpses has a phenomenal title both titles cut price Django's cut price corpses a pistol for Django are phenomenal titles I truly hated this film. I gave it. I think I gave it one star, which and my and my rating on Letterboxd is is pretty terrible. Um, uh, the only thing less than that is a half star, and the only time you ever get a half star is if I truly could not finish watching the movie. I'm actually pulling up right now. Um, yeah, one star is terrible for me. Half a star is unwatchable. It was watchable, but barely. Um, I. F- I finished it. So, <laughs> Django's Cut Price Corpses is, is probably one of my least favorite movies on this collection. There's only one that possibly rivals it, but at least I enjoyed watching that one. So, uh, so next next on the list is Bad Man's River, aka El Hombre de Rio Malo, starring Lee Van Cleef, who's always phenomenal, James Mason, who once again is always phenomenal, and Gina Lolo Brig. Ooh, Gina Lolo Brig. Brigida? 
I'm sorry. I'm not. I I'm, uh, was not expecting such a long Italian name. Uh, back of the box says a Mexican revolutionary offers four marauding outlaws a million bucks to destroy an arsenal owned by the Mexican army. The arsenal gets blasted, but the million bucks doesn't get delivered in this outsmart the outsmarters and double cross the double crossers Western saga. What do you admire most in a woman? All parts. What do you look for first in a man? Honesty. Um, second. He's a pistol-packing, traveling man. Naturally, he carries samples for his customers. Are we going to start a revolution? Of course, some customers are very hard to please. Boys, we're going to take a boat ride. Now, a bunch like this can give a river a bad name. It used to be a nice, peaceful river. But there are towns along those banks and banks in those towns, which means we got trouble right here in River City. Solid. 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 He's a rattlesnake in a bowler hat, a low down on the river rat, and my friend is the money he says you have the money search me i will you wouldn't oh yes he would but any man who'd give a stranger his best hat can't be all bad He's just a kid at heart, loves to play with gunpowder and dynamite. Regina loves to play with other people's money. She also collects husbands. You two should be friends. After all, you have a lot in common. Me. This lady is my wife. She's my wife. I'm married to this beauty. I'll settle it. Shoot the lady. <laughs> Don't you think we'd all be better off if we behaved in a more civilized manner? I wonder what would Napoleon do at a time like this? Remember the Alamo? Forward, coming, buddy! For the wildest ride this side of hell, Join the gang that gave Bad Man's River its name. actually kind of enjoyed i thought it was pretty good um nothing special i hate saying that i hate saying that uh i kind of broke my own golden rule i don't like saying that that expression um lee van cleef is really great in this and he gets to show some comedic timing um they are bank robbers opening scene of the film is this bank manager Hey, Chris, I just saw you join. Same thing of you, Steven. I'm sorry, I wasn't ignoring you guys. It's nice to see you guys have joined in. If you have any questions along the way, please feel free to type them in the comment box, and I will do my best to not ignore you again. <laughs> sorry about that. Um, uh, so they're bank robbers, and you starts off with this bank ro this bank manager walking someone through the bank and being like, oh, this place is impenetrable. No one can get in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and he's showing them the vault. <laughs> Takes a step falls to the floor and there's Lee Van Cleef and his team. They're like, oh hello there. They are gonna they're drilling their way up to the steal from the bank. Um and it just gets very quirky and very slapsticky here for a little bit. But they end up robbing the bank. Um and they get on this train and they start divvying up the loot and he's like, Yeah, you know, we'll we'll come together later on if we need to, but I think we're sitting pretty beautiful woman comes in and it was like, Oh, hello there whatever. Um Obviously, I don't remember any dialogue from the movie, uh, but she starts, you know, getting very seductive with uh, Lee Van Cleef's character. I think his name is King, because they, yeah, the King, uh, the, they're the King's gang, um, and, uh, you know, they start talking, and Lee Van Cleef is very smitten by her good looks, 
and they get a talking and everything. And then this scene is very strange because it, it uses unnecessary freeze frames and jump cuts. Uh, but I think part of it adds to the comedic nature of it. It jump cuts to a, a priest coming in and she's like, oh, you should marry us. And the priest, who something seems off about, he seems kind of like a drunk. Um, and he sits down, gambling dice falls out of his sleeve. And uh, Lee Van Cleef looks at this and is like, wait a second, this seems weird. But, you know, he goes through with it to get married, hard cut to them then dancing and being like, oh, we're going to have an amazing life together. You're beautiful. I'm rich. Blah, 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 blah. And she goes, so has there ever been a history of mental illness in your family? Hard cut to him being tied to a chair. Uh, and now that they're married, her uh, uh, trying to get him sent to a mental hospital, the priest was on her side. Uh, she's essentially hornswoggling him and stealing all of his money. Um, he gets sent then to the loony farm. He blows his way out. The, 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 the shot is literally the gates being blown out. Uh, and he needs to get back to, back at this woman. Uh, gets his crew back together, wants to take another job to, to make his money back, and they get hired to blow up a, uh, an armory that has taken, uh, that is being sorry they have to blow up a monastery that is being used as an armory um and it turns out the the guy that hired him his wife suggested them and guess what it's the woman that he married at the beginning of the film and it just becomes this really goofy film about how these smart men constantly being being outsmarted uh and being duped by a beautiful woman and it co- happens constantly um and it becomes really amusing. There's some great shootouts in the movie. First time I watched this movie, I really, really, really did not like it. I gave it a very low rating. Part of that is because it's very low quality. And I'll talk about all that stuff here in a minute. Uh, and I was watching it with a group of friends, and I just could not focus. And I just... Uh, it is very fever dreamish as it is. Um, so that does not help the movie. But after having rewatched it, Bad Man's River, I actually really, really like. Uh, it's totally inconsistent. Well, first, I'm going off of my letterbox review. Lee Van Cleef is phoning it in, but he's still super cool and still still a scene stealer. It's but tonally, the film is super inconsistent. First, it feels like a comedy, and then it becomes serious and goes back to comedy, and it kind of flip swaps quite a bit. Uh, but despite the tone changes, the film is definitely well directed and keeps the pace moving. I also enjoyed this kind of comedy of error aspect that's going on. Um, and the film kind of had a lame score, which hurt the film as well i think if it would have been re the score would have been a would have, would have been a bit cooler um a little more spaghetti western like because it was done by waldo de los rios who also did the music for a movie called the corruption of chris miller which i reviewed on this show um it's not very good um there is a really cool scene near the middle that has like a rock song going on it feels super out of place but at least the song's kind of cool um but Lee Van Cleef makes this movie super watchable. Um, but I think if it would have had a cooler score, I think it would have helped the film. Um, and yeah, I actually like this one. I gave this one three stars in Letterboxd, which my rating for is good. It's a good film. Uh, I think it's a pretty good Western. Uh, and I enjoyed it quite a bit. And I will say, without burying the lead, this is my favorite movie that's on this collection. And if I can ever get a nice, pristine Blu-ray of this, that would be the only film I'd ever consider rewatching on this collection last and certainly not least is a movie called sting of the west back of the box says sting of the west aka tedium aka father jack lake aka con men it stars jack palance giancarlo preet and lionel stander uh jack palance and giancarlo preet play a pair of frontier sharpsters who are trying to sell a supposedly worthless gold mine. When the mine turns out to be real, our two misfits, along with their inept entourage, must try and recover the deed to the mine in this slapstick spaghetti western. Um, this one I really wanted to like because it was directed by Angel G. Castellari, which, whom I, I really like. It's got music by Guido and Maurizio de Angelis, who, as the back of the box said, supplied some music for um, Death Proof. But uh, also did also did torso and they did high crime, um, a bunch of other um, spaghetti westerns, a bunch of others, uh, Italian films. 
um, pretty cool. They also did the music for Kioma, which is one of uh, Enzo G. Castellari's films I really do like. Um, but anyways, the film opens up with a, a guy from a bank um, who is looking for a man named Stinky Manure. That's the kind of comedy we're going to be getting in this movie. Stinky Manure finds him and tells him um, that, um, hey, you have a family member who wants to give you this, who want, saying that you can inherit this mine. And they all know that, um, they, sorry, they all know that, uh, that his uncle is a con man and they, they don't believe him. They know he's full of shit. So they're like, well, we're not going to take this mine, but let's send TDM out and he can swindle someone. And by swindling them, we can maybe get some money for this piece of shit mine that doesn't exist. And first off, I need to say the, the, the alternate title for this movie is Father Jack Leg. And they eventually explain that a Jack Leg is a thief who steals by deceit, a.k.a. a con man. Uh, also kind of an idiot. Um, they use this term a lot. It's not a term that I'd ever heard growing up. Uh, oh, thank you, Katie. I, I, I had the, didn't have the screen up at the moment, but uh, Katie just joined, and she says she needs to catch up in the latest episodes. But uh, uh, you're welcome. I'm glad I can keep the content going. These live episodes are a little goofy. Uh, I'm just shooting from the hip, but whatever. But anyways, in Father Jack Leg, they use the term all the time, Jack Leg. Oh, you're a Jack Leg. I always remember growing up, <laughs> my grandfather, uh, he, my grandfather is from the Appalachian Mountain Range. He had a very thick accent. Uh, he always used to call me what sounded like Jake Leg. Thinking back on it, he was probably calling me Jack Leg. And also thinking back on it, he was probably insulting me. He meant it in a loving way, but it was an insult. Regardless, I thought that was kind of funny. So they're using this term over and over again. And pretty much, TDM has to go sell this mine, to go sell the deed to this mine to someone. They've been saying, oh, this mine's worth $50,000, it's worth $60,000. He gets on a train and is giving this pitch to anyone that will hear it. He eventually meets this this guy who's like, hey, you want to buy a mine? And they start talking. Um, thank you, Katie. Thank you. I, I cleaned up a little bit because I knew I was going to be on camera today. Um he starts telling him, this guy that he needs to, you should go, hey, you should buy this mine for me. Turns out that guy's a cop. And he's like, oh, let me read the fine print on that, on that deed. Uh, just as this happens, Jack Palance, or Jack Palance, walks in. And he's a priest. And he's going around asking people for money for the beggars, giving money for the church, giving money for the convicts. Everyone needs money. And he's making a pretty good living at it. We find out that he's also a fucking con man. And that's his con, is pretending to be a priest. So him and Tedium get together, both trying to sell this mine. And then it becomes like a comedy of errors type situation where um, they lots of cartoony sound effects. Um, they eventually get to this town and they're trying to auction it off. Um, and... Jack Palance is trying to get a grand, but most they're getting people to spend is a couple hundred, maybe a couple bucks. And it just becomes this crazy thing of them trying to con people to take him this mine. Also along the way, they meet these two young women who are also trying to con people and get them to buy a mine. But then the big twist halfway through the movie is the mine's actually worth money. And then it just becomes zany and crazier from there. I wanted to like this movie because I like Jack Palance. I liked the chemistry with uh, with Giancarlo Preet and Jack Palance. Giancarlo Preet is an extremely good-looking man, and he had... He uh, he deserved better than the content he was giving in this movie, but they had great chemistry. The the women that were also trying to uh, con them, uh, Betty and Wendy, they were great. Um, the film could have been just an hour, and I think it would have been. I think it would have been perfect um, because. The last half hour just really dragged. There's just something about this film that I was not clicking with. And part of it was the way the movie looked. The transfer. 
um, out and I'll talk about the entire disc in that way here. As, um, this film looked like it was originally supposed to be widescreen, maybe not as wide as uh, um, you know, like seventy millimeter, but it was definitely at least going to be at least one seven eight one, and it was cropped down to one three three one, which is full screen, like a four three type situation. Issue was whoever cropped it cropped out so much that you'd have times where it was so thin that if people were in the scene, you were you know, two people were talking to each other, both of their faces were getting cut off. Because uh, no one took any time to make sure that it was centered correctly. So half the time, people would be talking to someone off camera and you couldn't see them. Um, characters were constantly getting cut off. Jokes were getting cut off. Like, one of the opening things, he was looking for a man called Stinky Manure. And he, he was like, oh, this must be his place. His fucking mailbox got cut off. Um, my biggest complaint about this collection is n the movies all look terrible. I hate saying it. Because Mill Creek has sent me some really good-looking stuff. Their Blu-rays, I think, are really good. These DVDs are not good at all. First, they fit four movies onto one disc. And you shouldn't do that because you're going to get stupid amounts of compression. And that did happen. There was plenty of compression in this movie, in, in all of these, where um, I, I put DVDs on and they've looked fantastic. These were were incredibly low quality. And then specifically, Father Jack Leg was a VHS rip. I could tell that because I kept getting the frequency lines throughout the movie and the color changes that would come from VHS. Um, it's very sad to see in a collection like this that not only do they not sound good because so many of the titles had very annoying hissing throughout the film but then they also look terrible i can put up with a lot um but some, if a movie just truly is offensive to look at and offensive to hear that's gonna hurt your score i have a hard time recommending this the, this collection to anyone because it doesn't sound good it doesn't look good the content of the film it is what it is that's not always why you buy something but if these were higher quality or at least maybe a blu-ray quality maybe i could recommend it to someone but for you know unless you find it so there's a couple of reasons why i think you should if you were to buy it you should buy one i think um bad man bad man's river is actually a pretty fun movie and i think it's funnier than the comedy but that's also hard to say because maybe i would have liked Je uh, father jack leg or sting of the west better if i could actually see the movie um but then the the t only times you should i think the only time i would recommend someone buy this movie is one if it's extremely cheap if you get in a dollar bin, sure. Sure. Um, if it's not going to cost you a lot of money, pick it up. Or if you're kind of like me and you're a spaghetti western completionist, I've bought a lot of these very poor spaghetti western collections for that reason. Because I'm a completionist. And I appreciate being able to get some of this stuff, even if it's very poor quality. Um, so, I hate saying it, but... These, the movies themselves are not very good, and the quality of the actual transfers are even worse. So, yeah, I guess that's that's my review of the collections. Once I get my, my order for the films, uh, I think B Bad Man's River is the best. Django Shoots First is the second, is number two. It's hard to put Django's Cut Price Corpses in Father Jack Leg, Jack Leg, which one I'd put better next, but I'd probably put Father Jack Leg and then Django's Cut Price Corpses. So, um, but hey, Kino Lorber just put out a, a, a version of Bad Man's River on Blu-ray. If you really want to see the film, that might not be a bad way to go. But yeah, it's this collection was disappointing. I was really excited for it. Um, I'm glad I got to see the movies, but that's about it. So. Uh, I've been talking for about 40 minutes now. I really appreciate the couple of you that tuned in for listening. Thank you for everyone who commented. Thank you for the people who download this stuff. Uh, if you missed out on this, this will be archived. Uh, and then you can also listen to the audio version, which will have some maybe some clips and everything. And I will play a song from one of the movies. And Yeah, that's, that's it, guys. Uh, thank you, as always. Um, I, I'm going to keep these rolling. I'm going to keep these coming. And uh, next, I'm going to delve into some more vinegar syndrome. 
uh, cleanse the palate a little bit, get a little, get away from westerns for a little bit, and see what see what happens. But if you have any requests for anything you want to hear me talk about, I'm a very easy man to approach. I'm a very easy person to get a hold of. Please don't hesitate. Uh, and Steven, if you're still on, I will. I am planning to get to um, Swiss Army Man. I just uh, I've wanted to knock out some reviews first. Uh, but uh, as always, guys, thank you for listening. You can find the actual podcast on pretty much every form of podcast listening service. We're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Google Play Music, we're on Libsyn, we're on Stitcher. And if you there's somewhere else you're looking for us and you can't find us, let me know and I'll per- personally submit it. Um, as always, go watch a cool movie. You know, As our sign-off says, if you're not down with that, I've got two words for you. Watch movies. Bolero, a wild bolero. Bolero, a dance of life. But life and death go hand in hand when men. Dance of danger for gunmen who play with Shameless Picture Show is recorded in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and Easton, Maryland, is hosted and produced by Nick Richards and Michael Byers, and is more often than not edited by Michael Byers. Any TV or YouTube versions of the show to date have been edited by Nick Richards, Tyler Hanna, or Dina Volani. Our opening theme music was written especially for us by The Directionals, with narration from Zach McLean. The end credit music you're enjoying at the moment was generously provided by my friends in the band 10 Speed, and our new kick-ass logo was designed by Amanda Byers. A special thank you to all of our Patreon supporters and to our generous sponsors at Mill Creek Entertainment and Vinegar Syndrome. We are on Spotify, Stitcher Radio, iTunes, Google Play, and Libsyn. You can find links to all these tremendous folks, as well as the show, in the description below. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe.